Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. Welcome to Wonderfuls to the new podcast that's three episodes old. It's a little baby. It's a little baby. Did you bring it a gift? You gotta bring the baby a gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We're the baby Jesus of podcasts. What is the third episode gift? Frankincense. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it got gold? It got gold and it got myrrh. I don't know what myrrh is entirely, but I'm, I'm sure they were psyched about it. And then frankincense, I think, was potpourri, which I don't know what a baby's going to do with that. If our baby's any indication, it's probably eat it and get real sick. Just immediately vomit. Just immediately throw it all up. But the throw up would probably smell good, but still, it's not the ideal situation. What's a baby going to do with gold? Actually, that's probably for the parents. This is our holiday episode. <laughs> Uh, this is, this is the third episode. Thank you all so much. The response to the show has really been wonderful. Um, oh, we can't use that word really unironically (laughs) on this podcast ever, uh, again, huh? Thank Um, you for all the good reviews in the iTunes. Yeah, that means a lot and it really does help us out. But like, even uh, aside from that, like, it's been so great, like just seeing other people in the wonderful Facebook group and on Twitter, like tweeting at us and just like talking about stuff that they're enthusiastic about. Like, I was hoping that that would sort of be the result of, us doing the show, uh, and it has been, and it's been a really, really great thing, uh, for, for, for us. So thank you all so much for that and tell a friend and, uh, let's, you want to dive into it? Who's mm-hmm. going first this week? Me. All right. It's my turn. You pointed at yourself. <laughs> You're the only other person <laughs> in the room. I'm new to this, this podcasting thing. Yeah. You hit your mic too. You really goofed <laughs> it up. Clear my throat. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Uh, uh, uh. You know that song? Uh-huh. DJ Cool. I'm going to start us off real easy. Okay, give me a slow ball. Some was like weekends. A little better than that. Orgasms. Ooh. Oh, that's a... No. <laughs> that's the weekend of doing it, if you think about I it. Because you're at work all week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, TGIF. Saturday. <laughs> nope. Nope, 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 nope. What is nope. it then? So it's Friday, like foreplay then, I guess. I mean, Monday would be foreplay, and then we get into the the hard work of doing it Tuesday through Thursday. And then Friday is, you oh, know, yeah, just looking it, forward to it, it. It depends how long you go. And then Sunday's the Lord's Day. You don't do it Girl, then. My mom listens to this podcast. I know, I know. That's why I mentioned that I've been trying to keep it sort of um, PG-13. There's nothing not American Pie so far in this one. Um, My wonderful thing that I'd like to start this week off with soft pretzels oh babe i knew that this was you gonna knew come it was up. coming should i just do sour candy this episode too so we can like really <laughs> nail down into the macaroy food groups <laughs> uh i am a lifelong huge fan of soft pretzels not just sporting events not just at airports just whenever wherever airports there's always an Annie Ann's at an airport. Okay, I guess that's fair. I mean, there is in the Austin airport. I don't know if it's as ubiquitous as you sure. think it is. Malls, definitely. Yes, shopping malls. Yeah. You know, Google offers this feature where I typed soft pretzels into the search bar and it said soft pretzels near me, which I thought was a nice feature. You know, it does that for all kinds of stuff, though. It's not like they have pretzel radar. <laughs> you know that, right? It's important to me that, that you... No, I didn't know that. <laughs> 
so, so you just sorry 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 you thought <laughs> you thought that the google folks got together and yeah. they're like what do we want to work on let's just have the best email application that just like everybody's going to use um we're going to come out with our own little phone and it'll be kind of niche but cool and then also we are we need to have special radar that will geolocate you and make sure you know where the nearest pretzels are to so you so if i typed in tomato soup it would start to fill in tomato soup near me probably maybe i don't know if it would autofill it but it could get you there i clicked it could on get it you to t- i clicked on soup. it just because i was excited about this new feature yeah uh just annie ann's annie ann's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um soft pretzel though has a rich history are you excited this is one of those where i don't know that the history <laughs> of the soft pretzel is going to be as entertaining as we think it is uh a lot of a lot of hearsay out there about the soft pretzel <laughs> a lot of scuttlebutt uh, some accounts say Italian monks presented young students with dough twisted in the shape of crossed arms, which used to be the position of prayer. As Wait, really? Yeah, as early. <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> why didn't you harvest me harvest? I guess that's what they were doing back there was harvesting things. Harvesting pretzels. Yeah. Uh, that was as early as 610 AD. That, that, that time may as well be a billion BC. It's uh, there is no way. I have no like what else there's was happening just no way. back then. I have no idea. Um, there's also there's like a lot of religious um illusions. That's probably not the right word. Religious iconography with pretzels. Really? Um, the three holes have been said to suggest the Holy Trinity. Holy crap! Uh, it apparently Catholics also used to consume pretzels during Lent since meat, dairy, and eggs were prohibited. Is that I can't. I, I'm not Catholic, so I'm I'm not familiar with the rules of Lent. I thought you were going to say that it was like a they would sometimes just slip those into mass during the <laughs> the wafers. It, it would it would transubstantiate from <laughs> like a delicious soft pretzel salsa pretzel. Oh, that's lovely. not a hard. Can we agree on this though? Before you get oh, too yeah. much deeper in the history, yes. fuck yes. hard pretzels. Yes, hundred percent. I am not unless they are unless they have a little peanut butter nugget in the middle of them, like they sell at like Costco and World Market and shit like that. I cannot get down with a hard pretzel. It is just work. It is I just mean, work for I, work's sake. I, you know, I'll eat it in a pinch, but would I ever, ever in my life pick it over a soft pretzel? No, absolutely not. Um. In the 1600s, uh, pretzels were used by Swiss couples to seal the bond of matrimony. Fuck yeah. Which they think may have been the origin of tying the knot. Straight up. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what it said. That you would give I, pretzels to your beloved. Isn't there a, but isn't there like a religion where you actually like tie the knot? You actually like tie the cloth around your hands while you're. That's that seems wildly apocryphal hey, to me. Yeah, come play with me. No, I know, but <laughs> I also don't want to discount like an entire culture. We're in the pretzel verse now. I know, but the pretzel verse can't be a place where like other religions don't exist. Um, I it, would you straight up would you have done this if you had known about this custom during our wedding? Would you have insisted on like, and then we eat a, pre- a soft pretzel? I love you. I love you too. You may now kiss. Stop. Wait. I'm going to eat this fucking pretzel right now. I will get to you in a minute. Does anybody have any honey mustard? Mm, that's nice. You know how we did the ring warming ceremony? Yes. Where everybody passed a ring from the back up to the front. Filled it up with their love. And we took it from a Monstar style. We could have them pass up a little container that's of honey mustard. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say a pretzel. I am not going to eat something that has been manhandled <laughs> by fucking 60 of our dearest friends. Um. There has also been uh, tales that the pretzels came over on the Mayflower. I don't know. Come on. Don't oh, what, the, what the fuck are we doing here? 
Here's what I will say, though. The true American origin of the soft pretzel, or just pretzels in general, from what I can tell, uh, Pennsylvania. In 1861, they think everything. Julius Sturgis founded the first commercial pretzel bakery. Uh, Auntie Anne's didn't start till 1988, by the way. Yeah, they seem like a sort of recent comer to the game. Pretzel upstart. What is it you think you love? Is it this is your favorite bread, right? Like, if I know anything about you, it is that I cannot think of a bread that you prefer more than this. Oh, um, you mean? Like pretzel bread? Like soft pre- soft pretzel bread, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if it's an option at a restaurant, I get unbelievably excited. Yeah. Um. I mean, I like the doughiness. It's a real doughy experience. I like the salt. Yeah, the kind of the, the thick rock salt uh, quality. Um. I like that you can pull off the little ends, you know, where it crosses and yeah, makes the... Yeah, and you just I have like little that. Nu- I nuggets. I that first, and then you have the bigger pieces. It's dippable in so many things, yes. and there there are very few things you can dip it in that's bad. You know what I mean? There's a lot of bad dips out there, but pretzels is just like on point. Beer cheese. What's your favorite dip? Because I I am torn between beer cheese and spicy mustard. You sell you serve me up a soft pretzel with both of those bad boys. I'm gonna yeah. go I'm gonna go back and forth. Yeah, um, there's a place here in Austin called Easy Tiger. Highly recommended. It that offers you rules. a giant soft pretzel with multiple dips. Uh ah. Yeah, I think I think uh, honey mustard is is probably you know what I used to like is cream cheese with a pretzel. Oh, that's kind of interesting because mm-hmm, a pretzel is kind of similar to a bagel. Uh, we've not like. we've not talked about this, but I love making soft pretzels. Mm-hmm. They are really easy to make, and you feel like the fucking emperor of food when you do it. Yeah, Griffin's done this a few times, and it has cemented our relationship. Really, not hard. You just like make a dough, and then you just boil it, and then mm-hmm. you've made congratulations. You pretzeled. Why? Why does the boiling happen? I don't understand. That's what like makes the skin all brown and like uh, uh, it makes it the way it is. It's the same way that bagels, like the the exterior yeah. of bagels, are sort of the similar sort of mm-hmm. texture as the exterior. It's because you boil them with uh, baking soda, mm-hmm. uh, and it it alkalizes or whatever the fuck. I'm not going to pretend like I know, but boy, do I love pretzels. Anyway, soft pretzels. That's my they're the jam. My number one. Uh, my first thing that I want to talk about this week is midnight releases, Ooh. and I'm saying this, and it sounds like I'm talking about when you are dreaming and you have a particular type of dream oh griffin midnight releases come on no anyway i'm talking down i am talking about uh when different sort of multimedia things uh come out at midnight on either the day before that they are intended to come out um and is a sort of big event i did some googling to like learn about the history of this practice and it was kind of difficult first of all there's no like go-to term for it um if you're using sort of film parlance it's midnight screenings um although that's not even really accurate anymore um and it's also kind of tough to find because the idea of watching a movie at midnight for a long time was sort of the um uh the the like a cult movie thing like Rocky Horror Picture Show or other like pulp horror movies. But I am talking specifically about when something new comes out and it is, uh, it comes out at midnight and then you go and you stay up late and you share that experience with other people enthusiastic about that thing. The only time I think I've ever done that and correct me if I'm wrong on this is when we went to see Star Wars. Uh, yeah. So is that a midnight release? Uh, recently it is moved forward. Uh, the first push, uh, was uh, a few years ago, um, 
uh, like 2012, it started to move back to like 20 or to 10 p.m. And that was like a decision sort of pushed forward by the um, like the actual film companies themselves Mm -hmm. trying to uh, boost boost sales because not a lot of people want to stay up at midnight. And then you can have like an entire theater doing 20 screens of a 10 p.m. show and more people will come to it uh, because they don't have to stay up till midnight. Even though the time has changed, I'm still I, I still think it is a, a cool phenomenon. No do you ever what. do any one of those like Harry Potter books? Or so anything? I'm glad that you've asked. This was, as far as I could tell, the the first evidence of like really popularization of this practice for for films was uh, Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace in '99. Uh, there are lots of lots of lots of resources of like people telling their stories of that midnight release, and I think that's because it was one of like the first experiences where that happened. Yeah, but. Where it really, really, really took off was the Harry Potter books. Yeah, that's how I remember. So, uh, in 2000, Goblet of Fire was the, that's the fourth Harry Potter book that was the first one that came out in the US and the UK at the same time. Um, it had, the series had been out in the US and been at the bestseller, like top of the bestseller list for like 40 weeks in a row. And Goblet of Fire was the first one. And so the uh, publishers, when Goblet of, Fire, Goblet of Fire came out in 2000, pushed uh, for for this huge nationwide event, uh, not just nationwide, worldwide, because it was in the UK also. They did midnight launches all across the UK and the US uh, and sold millions and millions of books that first night. Gosh. And I think that that was, I think uh, uh, around 5 million is what I found. Um, and I think that was when this sort of idea became like uh, a a thing that other industries and other publishers and everyone was looking at like, oh, okay, now we can make the release of our thing like an event. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Harry Potter, uh, the final Harry Potter movie, part two of Deathly Hallows is the most successful midnight screening of all time. Um, it made $43.5 million in one showing essentially across the country uh which is completely buck wild uh and if you go through like the top like 20 movies uh that had midnight launches it's harry potter is everywhere on there uh hunger games is everywhere on there uh twilight's on there a couple times um uh, a, a couple of the the Marvel movies are on there, but so mostly have... it's Harry Potter and uh, like Harry, this little magical boy, <laughs> like started this like thing. And yeah. for for books, I went to a couple of the midnight releases for the Harry Potter books. That's what I was going to ask you: How yeah. many times have you done this? Uh, for for the Harry Potter books, I'm, I I probably like three times. How old were you? Uh, in two thousand, I would have been thirteen. Did you uh, go and then moving like... forward? With your dad? I went with Clint Wilson, and then we'd have a book race, which is a where you go back to your house, and you both are reading the book, and then every, like, 15 minutes or so, you would announce what page you were on just to see how far into the book you've gotten. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then your your friend's dad would tell you to go play outside for a bit, and so you'd go and you'd take your one pair of ro- rollerblades that you share, and you'd each wear one of the rollerblades and push yourself along with the other shoe in a sport that we called uniblading. Oh, my gosh. If you ever want to hear wonderful stories Those about Griffin's days. childhood, just ask him about activities he did with Clint Wilson. It was very wholesome. <laughs> um, and... So, so this is a, this is now like a thing for movies. I went to, uh, I've been to like a lot of the midnight screenings. We went to, uh, like you mentioned, Star Wars episode seven, uh, although that was like at 10 PM or so. Um, that's the only one I've ever done. Really? I am kind of an early to bed kind of lady. You sure are. (laughs) 
So the idea of seeing anything at midnight, like the cost uh, outweighs the benefits for me. Yeah, I, I, I definitely get that. Uh, I've been to like a lot. I went to a couple of the first trilogy Star Wars movies. I went to Spider-Man. Did you ever uh, get in costume? I don't think so. No, no, no. No? No, I never went quite that buck wild with it. Okay. Um, but the other thing that I want to mention is that it's also, this is also a thing that video games do, but on a much smaller yeah. scale. Um, I used to work at GameStop. I worked at GameStop for a couple of years, and so I participated in some of these. And I also want to say here that, like, I also totally recognize that this is a thing that is, um, for a lot of folks, I imagine, in these industries, in these, like, service industries, like, it is forced upon them. Uh, like, hey, you know, Halo 5 comes out tonight. Come on out and, and help us with the launch. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, I always enjoyed the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, I thought it was cool. We would, like, do little games or whatever. I worked in a movie theater for a while, and we had a couple midnight releases there. Uh, and I always thought it was, like, kind of cool and kind of fun. But at the same time, I was, like, 18. Now that I am 30, I do not know that I would be as, like, Here's thrilled to have to work it. They're having no experience with these. Can people buy other stuff while they're there? They can, <laughs> but it would be really annoying. How does it? How does it work? They, so they do they hand you the book and then you immediately go to the register and they're ready to with. The- Essentially, there were lots of ways of doing it. Like one is just like if you had a pre order, you could just bring in your slip, and if you had a slip, you would get a ticket and you just hand in the ticket and get your book and boom, 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 boom. Okay, um, yeah. I just wondered if anyone was like, you know what I need? I need a 2017 calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that definitely happened while I was working at GameStop and we had like 30 people outside like waiting in line for the Wii midnight release and I'd God be like, stoppers, you gotta, yeah, no, hey, can you tell me anything about this man who is named Mario? Like, get the fuck out of here. Take your Wii and run. Um, so like, I recognize that like, there's probably a lot of people who are not crazy about this because they have to like work these events and I totally get that. I, I, I am totally appreciative of that. But there is something to be said for this feeling. I, I think everybody always wants to feel like they are part of a, the zeitgeist, right? Everybody wants to feel like they're part of, um, they're on the ground floor of the, of the thing that they are into right now and that they are participating in these communities that share that same like excitement that I have for this thing right now. And to have like this idea of a switch being flipped or a floodgate being yeah. open. And then all of a sudden, all of you are experiencing this like thing that you've looked forward to for a long time, all at the same time, and then can share that. It's really, really cool. Um, I got to do that with, uh, uh, Destiny 2, which is I've been looking forward to. And it came out at the same time, midnight Eastern time. And then all of a sudden, like just all, my entire PlayStation friends list with like all of my, my buddies and coworkers, just like everybody was on all at the same time. And then the next like couple of days, yeah. it's like all we talked about. I think it's really cool. It's stuff like, uh, digital releases of stuff, uh, sp- specifically for games sort of limits this a little bit because you don't have to go to a store. There's just like at midnight, the e store refreshes. And then it's like, Oh, I got it. Um, but I, yeah, I just really like the idea of, 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 Staying up late, knowing that like oh, I'm gonna feel like shit tomorrow, but knowing that like you're you're going to be a part of like the most excited version of experiencing the thing that you can experience, I think is like really on point. Yeah, I will say that that kind of community has never necessarily appealed to me. Uh, but when we did go see Star Wars, uh, it was neat to be in the theater. Everyone's cheering and like genuinely excited, yeah, and clapping and. And it feels like you are a part of something, you know. 
I didn't go see Phantom Menace at midnight. I'm kind of glad I did because I can't imagine, man. Can you imagine? Oh, I wonder if people realized that it was not. At what point did they realize? Yeah, I don't Uh-oh. know. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, let's not shit talk Phantom Menace, though. Instead, do you think that maybe I could steal you away? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you want me to do the song? A bing, bang, bing, bang, a 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 So that was... It's like kind of banjo-y, but also kind of kazooie <laughs> you know? Kind of like banjo-kazooie. Did you mean to do that? I don't know if you meant to do that, but if you did, it was really wonderful. I did. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know anything about banjo-kazooie. I'm going to change my second one. I'm going to edit. I'm not always talking about banjo-kazooie. That's a really, <laughs> that's a really uh, inaccurate way of describing sort of my day-to-day interactions with you. I don't know. What, what, Babe, do you think that it? we could do that one, um, the broccoli pasta that you make tonight? And um, my favorite level in Banjo-Kazooie is the one where the seasons keep changing each time. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality and you think that i could never be that i could never be among their illustrious ranks griffin if i wanted to build a website where i ranked my favorite episodes of ghostwriter would i be able to do that well first of all it would be the same list as everybody else's with the julia styles <laughs> episode at the top but yes you can do that with squarespace it's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible! That's um th- for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. I got a Jumbotron message here, and this one is for Jeremy, and it's from Regine, who says, Hey, Sweeby, you make... I hope that's not a typo. 
Uh, you make every day special and make me laugh 24-7. Best friend doesn't even begin to describe who you are to me. I am so lucky to have you in my life, and I can't wait to marry you. Happy fifth anniversary. Here's to more years of board games and podcasts and smalls and cats. Smalls, not smells? No smalls. Smells would probably make less sense than smalls, actually, now that I think <laughs> about it. Here's to f- more years of smells. Uh, I love you so much, and I always, always will. Uh, and I guess their anniversary is September 20th, uh, or yeah, I think that might be right. So re- whenever it is, congratulations on your anniversary. Congratulations on your upcoming, on your upcoming wedding. Congratulations and on Sweeby. On Sweeby. It's got a lot of brand potential. Hit me up. Put that <laughs> shit on some shirts and just keep on smelling. <laughs> this message is for Nick and Rachel. It is from Matt. Oh. Did you read the copy on this? No. To my brother and his wife. Oh, you got to do better than that. <laughs> please. I know our baby's sleeping. You don't want to get too loud, but please do better than that. I'm not saying that like you did a bad job. I'm mm. saying like I know you can do better than that. To my brother and his wife. Oh, babe. Congratulations. I've never had to do it before. <laughs> Give it a, can you just do me a favor? Please let no, me please, stop. no, please let me go. Can you just do me a favor and just give me five, rattle them off, and then because when I edit it, I can take the best one and I can just cut it in there and I can tongue cut. So just give me like five, my wife, his wives, and really imagine the, <laughs> the character. Please do this for me. I need it. I need it. It's been a really hard week. Here we go. It's Tuesday. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> his wife. A little, a little, one more. <laughs> bigger <laughs> his wife it was worse it was that you're moving away from it i need you to come closer to me take a take a beat <laughs> i don't think you can do it while you're laughing i think you need to take a beat because you need you owe me three more and i'm so sorry to this jumbotron message because this is probably not the direction you wanted this to go rachel's having a full full-blown meltdown right now here we go <laughs> <laughs> His wife. I can't. It's been this, literally this. Now I'm not expecting a great Borat impression. I'm not expecting a great Borat impression out of you. I just need you to understand that you've done the literally the exact same I thing. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. All right. I'm just going to start. I'm going to read the copy. All right. I'm going to need you to be supportive. I love you. I think you did a great job. It's just they didn't change at all from from <laughs> attempt to, to attempt. <sighs> This is not Rachel's <laughs> cup of tea, by the way. I think that's pretty clear. To my brother and his wife. Oh, you did it. No, you put a little bit of, yeah, you put a little funk on it. Congratulations. I want the record to show on air that I have 10 to 15% ownership of your life together since it was at a party I invited you to that you met. And that's how the it rest works. was history. That's how it works. That's That'll hold up in court. Enjoy those good, good tax deductions and enjoy your honeymoon slash first anniversary, depending on when they get around to reading this. It's a sweet one. Message was for August 2015 or 2017. That was a sweet message. I'm sorry we spent most of it Borat. I hope, I hope you like at least one of those Borat impressions. 
The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Weeks, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. My next one is Towel Man. Is what? Towel Man. You are bound, Rachel's now bouncing up and down. She could not be more excited to talk about Towel Man. You're familiar with Towel Man, and you don't know it. He is at every Blues hockey game. I don't, uh, you, uh, the word familiar is not what I would use <laughs> with my relationship with Towel Man. At the St. Louis Blues hockey games, uh, for the past 27 years, Ron Beckley has come down from the balcony when the Blues score a goal, waved a towel, at which point he pumps his fist for each goal that has been scored. Everybody shouts the number of goals, and then he drops the towel from the balcony. You every game, this? every game. No, I don't remember that at all. Every game, like every, he's at every home game. Every home game. Um, is he on the? Is he on the payroll? That's like a lot of. Yeah. That's the thing. He's a season ticket holder. He buys Holy tickets himself. Holy shit! Because that's like a job at that point, dude. Like if you are that much of an institution, you should be making some. You should be making some mm-hmm. bucks. So they ring. They are like they sound a gong or whatever. So. There's so much stuff. Every, every more than any other sport, hockey has the most <laughs> things that happen there. Because I guess it never happens, right? Like most most hockey games, not a lot of people know this. End without uh, any goals being scored. Um, and so when it does happen, they're like, okay, we got. Let's see, we got everybody get out the, you know, get out the mustard packets, and then we all throw those up in the air, and that signifies this. And then when the mustard packets land we all sing you know deep in the heart of texas towel man as far as i know is unique to st louis okay uh i imagine that other there's a terrible towel which is the i think steelers maybe okay but not at all related this is a great this is a very good towel (laughs) this is an exceedingly good towel uh so he um started this apparently he saw it at a hockey game in peoria and brought it to st louis um and uh, after three years of doing it, it took off. Uh, now they put him on the Jumbotron. And um, he says that he only misses one or two games a season. Uh, and he buys the tickets and has sponsors pay for the towels. I was about to. That was my next question is where are these towels coming mm-hmm. from? He says he brings seven to every game because usually a hockey team does not score more than seven goals if even – if he, so if they score that. eight, he just comes out of the balcony. Like, I don't know, guys. He has to the, he has to hurl himself off of the balcony. This is the adorable thing. So he has a few solutions to this. Either he ties How a, do you know the solutions? Because I read about the Oh, solution. God. This is great. Okay. Uh, he takes a lace from a skate, ties it to the towel, throws it, and then pulls it back up. Which <laughs> I love. Or he, like, he has thrown, apparently he's thrown, like, a paper towel or a napkin before. His underwear? You think he's gotten nasty before? No. Griffin, no. Why Why won't you play with me in this space now? <laughs> because Towel Man is a St. Louis legend and has been for 27 years. He probably... I don't want to Hey, no, listen, no, listen, no, listen, no, you need... No, if you, then you take the headphones off. 
Because <laughs> this dude goes to all these games. He's a legend. I'm just saying, if he could, if he if the, he wanted to, like, he could he could get busy. Probably. He's 58 years old. Oh, you're saying 58 year old year olds can't get busy? Short sighted, closed minded. Um, there is a towel girl. Oh. So on nights that he hasn't attended, there is another blues fan, uh, apparently by the name D. Loris, who has stood in for him uh, if he cannot attend the game. D. Loris, not Dolores? Yeah, D-E-E, and then the last name is That's L-O-R-S. a confusing name. <laughs> My name is John. John? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, But yeah, I just, I... I think this this transcends the specific St. Louis Blues hockey team, which, as many know, I am loyal to. And they're actually playing a game tonight against Dallas that we are not watching. Oops. Uh, not that loyal, then. But I think that most sports teams, and I was going to ask you if you can think of any offhand, where it is not an official mascot, but it is a person who has taken it upon themselves God. to play this role. This is like every – I feel like every fucking team has this. Like every mm-hmm. team – has like a person who's like who's gone to every game who's gone to every game and it's like i'm gonna immortalize myself yeah i can't think of anything offhand because but again like you are asking the wrongest person although i anticipate that we are going to get an inbox full of these like exactly and i look forward to that yeah that'll be interesting i I think it's i think it's cool like like i mentioned this guy is not paid by the team uh he buys season tickets like everybody else and has just committed to this towel display yeah uh no i think it's great i i appreciate it it's like i'm i'm now i'm the mascot i've made the decision that now i am also the mascot apparently he always sits in the same section because he's a season ticket holder but i remember every time i get to a game i always look around like frantically to try and find him um i'm gonna change my last one because i was gonna talk about destiny because it's just like all i've been doing lately um and i think it's like a cool game with like and i i was gonna try to broadly talk more about like just playing video games uh, online with strangers who end up being very cool. And I said that thing about Banjo Kazooie. But then, yeah, and we got, sort of got our quota met. Um, <laughs> and no, also because like it would be sort of the same thing as like my midnight launch thing. This Can idea I ask of, like, you a sincere question? Yeah, sure. What's the difference between Crash Bandicoot and Banjo Kazooie? Uh, Banjo Kazooie is like an open world like exploration sort of thing where you're going around looking for pickups, and in Crash Bandicoot, you're mostly running down sort of more of a linear track what are the animals though and sorry baby (laughs) baby baby (laughs) baby (laughs) baby what's a bandicoot am i supposed to know that it is an animal you're telling me you wouldn't you would know what a bandicoot was if you hadn't played the game crash bandicoot absolutely not but i will tell you that when crash bandicoot came out in 1997 probably it was like oh that's a bandicoot now i know that Okay, what's a kazooie? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's a, I, I suppose it's a double standard. Banjo kazooie is like a it's, it's like a big bird who rides around in a bear's backpack. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so instead of doing that, <laughs> uh, I do think Destiny's a great game, and I really do have a lot to say about like playing uh, video games online with with randos who end up being kind of cool. But I think it would just sort of be more of like this shared excitement thing that I well, kind of talked about in the midnight release. Listeners stuff. can go to polygon.com. That is true. We do, we do a lot of stuff there. Destiny coverage. I, so I don't have any prep for this, but I do want to talk about the character, Jerry Gergich on the television oh show Parks gosh, and Recreation. So Rachel and I have, we're on our third, probably rewatch of Parks and Recreation. It is a show that I 
um, that I adore. I think it is an imperfect show. I think that it has some, some, some slip ups. I think that it has some like weaker seasons, but I, it is, it is one of my favorite shows of all time because, um, Rachel and I have a hard, we bounce off pretty easily off of a show, um, or a movie where, all of the comedy is derived from people being fucking miserable to each other. And I, 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 I really just don't have any stomach for it. I, I don't think that it is like, uh, I don't think that it, it, it maybe in certain ways it works. Cause I'm trying to think of it. And like, I love arrested development. And I think that's a show where like a lot of the times the characters are very selfish and, um, not very great, uh, to each other. And a lot of their, like the, the humor comes from the ways that they sort of, um, you know, pick on each other, but there's also like some elements of like, oh, well, these are also people who, who love each other very much. And you get some of that. And Parks and Rec hits that like perfectly because this is a show about a group of coworkers and friends who love each other completely. And while that there are some, definitely some parts, um, where, where they still pick on each other. There is reminder after reminder after reminder of this. These are a group of people who love each other and would do anything for each other. And that is so rare in comedy, uh, on, on especially on television, where the joke is like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, and, and so I, I adore Parks and Recreation for that reason. There's, it's also a show about like struggling against, um, apathy, like political apathy, mm-hmm. uh, and the frustration of, uh, how like apathy, uh, affects our, our political landscape. Uh, it is a show that has a lot of stuff to say about that. And I think that that is very bold and very, uh, perfectly delivered. Um, but you wanted to talk specifically so, about Jerry. All that said, and this is why I want to talk about it. Slash Gary slash Larry slash Terry. There is a character on the show. If you have uh, seen it before, uh, you you know what I'm talking about. If you have not, there's a character who works at Parks and Recreation named Jerry Gergich, who is, and again, this is a show about people who love each other very much, and they're very positive and very helpful. He is this sort of um, edifice for their malice. Like he <laughs> he is this target for their their um their their hatred now hatred is not the right word but they they are constantly constantly picking on jerry gergich and jerry gergich is always messing up there is an episode where he says he got robbed in a park and so they throw a big press conference trying to raise money for security in the park but it turns out he just fell in a river while reaching for a burrito um there were like to to a point where there's an episode where he has a heart attack, but he farts a whole lot while having a heart attack, which is the thing that actually happens. And then people like kind of laugh about it and then realize like, oh, no, oh, no, Jerry, I didn't realize that like that is how hard this show goes on Jerry Gergich when the rest of the time it is a show about people who love each other and would do anything for each other. Um, and I don't know how to wrap my mind around that. Like, I don't you know, know how what to- it is. It's it's like he takes it with such uh good humor so you never feel bad for him he has he is such a contented character and i think that that sort of builds up a, a barrier around him so much like he talks about how he and his his wife go uh to their uh timeshare in muncie indiana and how happy and everybody makes fun of him but he's like you know i got a big stack of mystery novels i'm gonna take with me i retire i get pension in two years i'm gonna go to muncie and just read all my mystery novels and i'll be like he's a very very happy character who has like the best light like this is a show also about people who are 
uh, flawed people in a lot of ways who have trouble with relationships and have trouble uh, with their career and have trouble uh, with their friendships. And Jerry Gergich doesn't have any of that. He has this like perfect family mm-hmm. and is so completely happy all the time. But he also just screws up constantly. There's an episode we just rewatched recently where he is sealing envelopes for uh, Leslie's campaign. And uh, we just see him for hours and hours very happily just lick envelopes and close them. Uh, and it's such a good symbol of the kind of character he is where he is just happy to have clear, straightforward work to do um, and to contribute to he, things. He's played by an actor named Jim O'Hare. And I just want to talk about Jerry Gergich because this is, again, like our third time rewatching this series. And for whatever reason, like, this is the time where I'm like, this is the every fucking thing, every scene with Jerry Gergich in, I think, is absolutely hysterical from the scene where they're setting up their holiday carnival and they ask who wants to be Santa Claus. And they said they couldn't be him. Uh, because it couldn't be Jerry because he knows what happened last year and Jerry delivers the greatest line in television history, which was, it was just farts. <laughs> it was extreme. Like it's, a, it's one of Griffin's favorite. It's lines. one of my favorite lines. I made, I made Rachel like, I rewound it because Rachel left the room. I was like, it's just farts just happened and you need to see it because it's extremely <laughs> important. There's a scene where Andy, uh, who is the character played by Chris Pratt, uh, is working security for, uh, for Leslie, the main character's, uh, campaign and somebody throws a pie and they get it on, uh, at, at, at Leslie and they get it on tape. And in, in recreating the crime scene, he just very, Andy very, very, very painfully slowly lowers a, another actual real pie onto Jerry's face to like figure out the ballistics of the pie <laughs> while Jerry's just like, no, please. While this pie is very, very slowly collided and like, <laughs> Everything about the delivery of this, like, I think kind of hard character to pull off is so fucking perfect. Um, and I think it serves, I, I think one of the reasons I appreciate it is because, for one thing, like, at the end of the day, everybody still does love Jerry. Like, there are a few very, very sweet moments where it's like, uh, especially when Jerry is sort of serving as a foil of, like, I have this perfect family and you all are kind of fuck ups a little bit. Um, you get these moments where they are, they are very sweet to Jerry, but I also think like it serves to, it serves as a contrast to how all other sort of sitcoms treat all their characters. And I think that's why I appreciate it. Like if you go back and you watch the first season of Parks and Rec, maybe you listen to this segment and you think like, oh, they like this show. I should give it a shot. That first season's not great because it tries to be like the office a little bit too much. And that is not what this show is at all. And also like in that first season, pretty much all the characters are horrible to each other um, because that's like what that's like what television comedy is for a lot of shows. And what I love is that this show moves so, so far beyond that. Except for this one character. It's like this weird tone shift that exists, this weird pocket dimension that exists just around this one character. Well, and you know what it reminds me of? Part of what I think is funny about it, too, is it just seems like the level of contempt seems almost unreasonable. And it reminds me of the way that Michael Scott hates Toby in the office. Yeah. Like just this fiery contempt for somebody. That's another great. That's I, I mean, kind of inoffensive. Toby is the is is the the perfect comparison here of just like uh, the office, which we re, that was like the first show we rewatched once Henry was born. Um, 
that was a show where pretty much all the characters, especially by the end of the season, even fucking uh, Jim and Dwight were like cared very, very deeply about each other by that final season. And that was pretty much universal across the whole staff. I love the the holiday episodes of The Office. They are so warm. And well, for the most part, there's actually one or two kind of fucked up ones. But they're like these uh, testaments of how much these characters love each other, except for Toby, who is like this kind of colossal <laughs> mess who nobody really uh, is especially sweet to. I don't know why I like that. I don't know why I like that character so much, because I recognize that it is also the antithesis of what it is I like about this show. But I think it's like putting a little bit of salt on a sweet thing. And it makes the flavor a little bit better. No, I think that's good. part of it. And I also yeah. think that just uh, Jim O'Hare, like, it was perfect. It was un- he was unfailing. Like, I, I, <laughs> literally everything that happens with Jerry Gergich on, on this rewatch is, like, absolutely slaying me. Um, should we talk about what other people are enthusiastic about? Yes, please. Uh, can you remind people how they get that information to us? Yeah, just shoot an email to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com and uh, try to keep it short, like one or two sentences. Uh, we get a lot of those, and it, uh, we try to keep them fairly tight when we read them here on the show. Uh, here's one from uh, Rachel, who says, With colder weather coming up, I've been really excited to try all different sorts of teas. It's so much fun to try a new variety of chai with friends or have a cup of Earl Grey while curled up with a good book. What kind of hot drinks do you two like? Thank you so much, and I love you both. Thank you, Rachel. Hot drinks. Um, I mean, I've been known to have a hot chocolate in the wintertime. Yeah. Um, I do like a chai, although I never make it at home. I only get it out when I'm uh, out and about. Um, and then, yeah, just coffee. Yeah, I, I mean, I drink coffee little... every day. You got into tea for a while. I like uh, cinnamon tea. Mm-hmm. I guess to the point where, like, for whatever reason, around, like, uh, after dinner, I would just get super sleepy super early. And so I just liked having like a little hot bev there to pet me up a little bit. And so I did a cinnamon spice tea. Like that's my jam. I don't really love a floral tea too much. I like sort of a spicy, spicy tea. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fall though, I love apple cider, hot apple cider, oh, mauled yeah. apple cider, like is my fucking jam. I walk into a place with mauled apple cider popping off and like I get out of my mind excited. It's my favorite. Um, here's another one from Elisa who says, Hey guys, I have something I think is good. Every time someone asks my dad, how are you? Instead of responding with the regular good, how are you? He always says another day in paradise. Oh man, (laughs) that's the daddest thing ever. It's also the best thing ever. Thank you very much, Elisa. (laughs) Keep, keep, keep this going. I don't know how you keep this going, but, um, here is another one from Marisa who says, uh, or Marissa. That's probably what it is. Dear Griffin and Rachel, there is literally nothing better on this earth than eating tiny portions of cheesecake or small cured meats out of a tiny paper cup at Costco for free. Ooh. That's Sampies, nice. though. Sampies are very good. The I feel like, can we have a serious conversation right now? Yes. I feel like our recent Costco trips have been very pedals to the metal. Yes. We have not. And most of the times because we have a baby there and we just want to get in and get out. And I get that. But I will go, I pass by a lot of Sampies. And I don't know how I feel about that. No, wait, I do. I feel bad. And that <laughs> bad feeling tra- turns into anger. Well, it's my fault. Unless, yes, uh, agreed. I'm adventurous now, given my, my food constraints. Um, so I'm not, I'm not able to just take things off a tray. But I remember in college, I had friends that would make a whole meal out of that on Sundays. They would make a Sampy meal? They would specifically go to stores where they knew samples were being handled out. Oh, bummer. And they would turn that into a meal. <laughs> it's college. 
I guess it's college. I mean, fuck, I can't, I can't judge. I, all I eat is crispy chicken sandwiches from Wendy's every day because they were 90 cents. Um, here is one last one from Chase who says, Hey, I'm a mechanic. And the most wonderful thing is when the last thing snaps or locks or bolts into place. The previously incomplete thing is now whole and it's great. Mm, that reminds me of our car seat that snaps into our stroller. Yeah. It's got like a dock that's like installed in the car and then you just like pop it right in there. It doesn't make that noise. It makes a very more satisfying noise. <laughs> I was thinking more like putting together like a complex Ikea thing and it's oh, like, Oh yeah. That's good too. Now it's an entertainment center. Uh, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would mean a lot. If you want to go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows there, that would be cool. they got shows like Jordan, Jesse Go, Josh on Hodgman, Stop Podcasting Yourself, Lady to Lady, Dead Pilots Society, One Bad Mother. Wow, those are a lot of them. I know. I mean, there's a lot of shows, and they're all really great, and they're all free, so go check them out. We also do other shows that you can find at McElroyShows.com. Um, anything else? Oh, we have a P.O. Box. We need to get over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's P.O. Box 66639, Austin, Texas, 78766. And again, our email address is wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, big thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Oh, and join the Facebook group. If you haven't, people are regularly posting wonderful uh, things and videos and cute animations and cartoons. And, and a lot of facts. It's straight up, the wombat. It poops cubes. Oh, yeah. People really shared that piece of information with us. And I'm so glad they did because wombats poop cubes. Hey, capybaras, get out of here. You're out. <laughs> wombats are in now. They're the capybaras don't go too far because you're number two. But wombats are <laughs> number, number one two. because they have cube shaped number two. Uh, <laughs> they, get out of here. You kill enemies with your butt, your big butt. You know what you're a lot so of people soft and said? Wonder- what? We should have said wombat. Damn it. When we were talking about their great butts, we should have said shit, shit. babe. That's a great one, but well, <laughs> get it next time. I don't know what to say. Put it in the special features. Can you give me one more, uh, my wife, <laughs> please, just to get, send us home? And this could be like our outro. Um, oh like every episode, God. you have to do it. Good. <laughs> my wife. I've been Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. Bye. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours.